So we can get started. I'll um, say the like, the well, what's up skeptics? It's, yeah, yeah. And then we'll go. So I'm going to say it now. I always feel nervous when I do this part because I'm like, <laughs> people are watching me. <laughs> what's up skeptics? I'm your host, Zoe McDaniel, and you're listening to Professional Skepticism. So today I have a very special guest with me, an OG supporter and fan of the podcast and one of my old high school best friends, Haley. Hi. Haley, tell the people your name. Well, I guess you don't have to tell them that because I told them that. (laughs) (laughs) Your pronouns and your astrological sign. Well, again, my name is Haley. My pronouns are she, her, and I am a Scorpio, but my rising and moon are Sagittarius and I'm a Sagittarius cusp. I was so close to, to a triple threat, but it's Oh okay. my god, that yeah. would have been yeah, insane. Right? Yeah, I think I uh, project a lot more Sagittarius, but like internally I am super Scorpio, like to a T. Oh my dad's my also a Scorpio. So. What day is your birthday again? The 20th? 20th. The 20th. Yeah, okay. so I'm not like an exact cusp, but yeah. it's like 21st is the cusp with, yeah. Right, I'm the 26th and I still have like a lot of Scorpio vibes like, yeah. within my chart. So what are you rising the moon? Moon is Pisces. Oh. Yeah, Lord help me. And <laughs> my rising is Aries. Oh, okay. Interesting combination. Yeah, it's a More lot. fire, though. Yeah, fire, water. So it's, like, very intense. Are you a crybaby sometimes? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a crybaby. It's really bad. Um, yeah, I'm very emotional. But I, like, act like I'm not. I'm, like, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. hard and tough. <laughs> I'm but mean. I'm, like, crying on the inside. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Okay, so <laughs> Haley has a plant page. You want to talk about I it? I do. My plant page is Houseplants with Hales. Um, everyone calls me Whales because it's just a W. So it's Houseplants, W, Hales. Um, and yeah, so I started that a little over a year ago. Um, I got into houseplants pretty early in my sobriety, which was super helpful. It like, gave me something to do because uh, I just drank and did drugs like basically my entire like developmental years and so it like yeah (laughs) we we did that that was literally our friendship unfortunately (laughs) it was yeah um but it like gave me some purpose and and something to like occupy my mind like there's so much that can be done with plants and now I have way too many to even take care of but that's fine Um, do you know how many I don't. Uh, last time I counted, it was about 80. And so it's probably more than that because I make a lot of propagations. But I actually, I meant to bring you a plant. I forgot. Uh, I'll never <laughs> nice, forgive you. Nice, nice time to <laughs> record. You will get two plants. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And so with the plant page, I have met so many wonderful people. And it has been amazing. I have so many friends from all around the world. And we just have our mutual love for plants. But... I kind of took a little bit of a sabbatical from it. Um, I just kind of realized that I was getting on Instagram and it wasn't fun for me anymore. I was just like living in comparison. And like one thing that like my small group leader says a lot is uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And so like I was getting on there and I'm like, why don't I have these plans? Like, why am I not getting all these followers? Like, why am I not getting as much likes? Um, And so I took a little break. 
And then Instagram was like, hey, I'm going to pay you. And I was like, okay, let me get back on here. And right. so then it was still the same stuff that I was struggling with. I like struggled with approval addiction and I was just like, okay, we're just going to take a break. Like, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid. It doesn't matter about the followers. If mentally, like, you're unwell from doing this and you're not having fun anymore. So I've been posting again a little bit recently. Just whenever, like, I hear a sound and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to use the sound. Like, whenever the creativity strikes. But I'm not, like, making myself do it every day like I was. So, yeah, it's been really nice to just kind of um, step back and realize it's something fun to do and it's not something I have to do when I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, that that is very much like the same exact experience that I had with TikTok. But I like I feel like with you, you were so intentional about like building up like a presence and building a certain thing. And then mine was just kind of like, whoops, I blew up and then yeah. I tried to like keep up with it. And then I was getting paid and I was like, well, I have to keep putting stuff out. Mm-hmm. And it got to that point where like I would log on to TikTok and be like, I hate this. Like, yeah. It was the worst feeling ever. And then I had to just, I stopped. I deleted literally everything. And I was like, ah. I can't like look at it anymore. But now I'm like back to just doing it like when I want to, like mm-hmm. for fun. But that's interesting. I feel like I like what it was like every time I would look at your page, like you had like a thousand more followers. Oh my gosh. Like uh, the growth happened really rapidly. I like started looking into the algorithm and like how to make myself grow. It was like for probably eight or nine months of me having it, I had maybe 2000 followers and then just like boom to 9000 in like just a couple months. And so that was also really crazy. Just like you said, like not really, even though I was being intentional about it, I still didn't expect the growth so rapidly and I mean you like blew up way more than I have but like it just is so hard to keep up with all the people and it's like you know I'm sure these other people are like have other people that they're talking to also but like when I've got accounts ranging from like 50,000 plus to just 200 followers like oh my gosh like I can't wake up every morning with 20 dms like I I don't uh, it's so scary I'm like this is so many people to talk to and like I might be a big personality, but I am super introverted. I get super overwhelmed hearing from people and I just like couldn't do it. I was like, I can't. And that was another thing. I was like, if I post, I have to respond to people's DMs or I will feel bad. And so I had to stop feeling bad about it. I was like, ah, okay, take care of yourself. Like you are stressed out right now. Right. Is it a lot of DMs of people asking you like plant advice? Because I know I would ask you for plant advice and then it would like at first you were so good at responding and then you would slow down and I was like, oh, like she's getting like big on Instagram. (laughs) I could see it. I was like, she's getting a lot of attention. It's like, I don't know. I'd say about half of it, but then there's also just like several people that I've just grown close bonds with. And so like, I'll open it up and I'll have 10 messages just from this one person. And, you know, we're in like real in-depth conversations and I'm like, mentally, I am like not here for the conversation. And I don't want to just like, I don't want to respond to people, anybody, even if I'm like not close with them or don't know them. I don't want to do it because I have to, like, I want to intentionally have this conversation. I want to mean everything I'm saying. I don't want to just like put some crap out there like I want to let I want them to like know that I actually care about the conversation because I do it's just sometimes I can't (laughs) yeah no and I think that that's like super healthy um and a great way to approach it because I just feel like the internet is so amazing and also so it's created this kind of weird um environment where like you feel like you have to respond to every single thing and like obviously with phones and like everything being like you can order things and it gets to you like right now it's just we have the instant gratification Mm -hmm. thing going on so it's like I don't know it's like hard to um kind of figure out like how much of that you let into your life because I I feel like my situation is completely different because like you actually have like 
um, content that people are looking for and like you're meeting people that are like relevant to what you're like mm-hmm. interested in where mine is just like random strangers that were talking to me and like at first I did like kind of try and like talk to some of them and then I was like this is like too much like now people from wherever the fuck they're located are like expecting something from me exactly it's super weird to balance yeah we we weren't made to have this many people and this many interactions like we weren't made to talk to people constantly all the time we weren't made to expect to have an instant response like I also I watched the social dilemma a few months back and just felt really convicted. I was like, these apps are specifically targeting me to do exactly what I'm doing right now. And I'm just falling right into it. Not only am I falling into it, but I'm looking up the algorithms to purposefully be addicted to this app and like grow my page. Wow. I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh. It's on Netflix. It's really good. It's like a bunch of CEOs that used to work for Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, talking about how like they targeted like preteen and teenage girls and how it's affected their mental illness and like just targeting teenagers in general with uh wanting to be better and look better and feel better and yeah like how uh the Instagram effect has made people feel a lot worse about their lives because people only put on Instagram what they want you to see like oh, yeah. they're they're not going to put something bad out there and so you're scrolling through all of these happy looking people doing all these amazing things and you're like why am I not doing that like why am I sitting on my couch scrolling right now instead of right at the beach or like in Hawaii like <laughs> ooh that's so sad it is creepy. it is it's super scary it's the world we live in yeah number reason uh 5002 <laughs> of why I don't want to bring children into this world oh my god girl same number reason number <laughs> reason, reason. Number. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we've all been there well i think that's really cool are you so are you still like trying to keep it going or do you, do you want people to follow it or are you just kind yeah, of... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to keep doing it. I want to like, I guess, be less uh, funny about it and be more informational. But I realized like through, you know, just like seeing the interactions on my posts, like people like my funny posts and I'm like, okay, sometimes I don't feel funny. Like sometimes I just yeah. want to repot a plant and like, like show you how to do it properly. I want to show you how to make soil, but like yeah, do people both. don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do do both. I um I like to have a little bit of variety in there, but it's honestly so much easier to just make like a five second funny video than yeah. to do actual informative stuff. When I'm doing actual plant care, like I just want to be with my plants. Just, You're like in the zone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's so hard to remember to record. I'll get halfway through and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even record this. <laughs> No, I totally get that. I feel like that's kind of how I feel about the podcast. Like, sometimes I want to do, like, a more serious episode and do a lot of, like, research into it. And I've noticed, based on, like, my listens, um, people aren't, like, as interested in some of those as, like, Mm. when I'm, like, laughing and having fun. And it's like, well, sometimes I want to do both. Yeah, So you have to find, like, the perfect mix. So I definitely get that. And I feel like I always come up with the perfect TikTok and then, like, I'll have already done the thing. I'm like, damn, I should have made that a TikTok, like, after I did it. (laughs) But, I mean, I think that's just going to happen when you're like me and you don't have a... I don't even know what the (laughs) fuck my brand is, like, unhinged on the internet. (laughs) As you should be. We're all a little unhinged. Yeah, it's very true. Okay, well, I feel like we can talk about today's topic, which I wanted to ask you. I'm not really, like, a big fan of SNL. Are you? I, no, I never really watched it. Like, I've seen a couple little skits that people are like, hey, watch this. And I'm like, okay, ha-ha. Okay, that's literally me. So I, 
<laughs> Why did I know that was going to be the case? I was like, it's just two girls who, like, don't watch <laughs> SNL talking about the SNL curse. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I do remember you, like, mentioning this a little while back, though, and uh, my boyfriend was like, what are you going to be recording on? I'm like, I, I don't know. I think the SNL curse. He's like, what's that? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't really, like, have a good understanding of it, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, is Lonely Island from the S- from SNL? Like, I have no idea. I feel like I've heard of that on MTV. I wanna... Is SNL MTV? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Lonely. Oh, my God, I'm sweating. I'm sweating, too. <laughs> Yeah, I bought a new deodorant just because, like, I stress sweat every time I drive, and I got to Charlotte, and I was like, I don't have deodorant. But it's the native um cherry vanilla macaroon. Oh, oh my god! So good. I'm wearing the native um black tea. Okay, or something like that. I almost that. bought the eucalyptus mint until I, I saw the cherry vanilla, mint. and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds. I've never glorious. heard of that one. It smells so. Good. It sounds really good. <laughs> okay, so the Lonely Island is a comedy trio. All I know is Andy Samberg. I don't know the other two guys. And then it looks like they've written and starred in SNL, but I don't know if it's necessarily been, like, maybe they've done, like, Lonely Island skits on SNL. But I was, like, a kid. What were the songs? Um, They're, like, so inappropriate. It's (laughs) It's like, I just got a boner or something like that. I just had sex. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had sex. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely, like, thought that was hilarious, like, in middle school. That was, Yeah, like, I think we all did. My we jam. were, like, <laughs> jizz in my I pants. I don't know about you, but, like, I, like, wasn't anywhere near having sex. And I was, oh, like, Oh, absolutely just- not. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a prude. Like, literally, I was, like, okay, we can, like, maybe just do a little peck. Like, yeah, yeah, it. right? <laughs> I was still in private school at that point. So I, like, yeah. straight up was, like. No, like, bye. like so, stay so far away from me, please. She did the little, like, <laughs> the, cross. the cross with her fingers when she said that. <laughs> this is why I need to stream, because this is so funny. Um, yes, okay, so, jizz in my pants, threw it on the ground, the creep. I had their, like, CD, like, the physical oh copy gosh, of really? it. My dad bought it. Actually, no, I think Hannah bought it for me. Um, yeah, so... I was into that, and then what other SNL skits did I do I know? Um, My first CDs ever were Kesha. It was, like, the, con- the combo pack of Animal and Cannibal, and, like, I just jammed out to this. I love like, that. <laughs> I love that so much. I would, like, look up all her YouTube videos that, like, weren't released music, and oh my gosh, like, that was my jam. I still love Kesha. That, like. I do, too. That was, like, the best era when, like, Kesha and Lady Gaga had, like, all their unreleased, and um, Lana Del Rey. Like, yes. Like, everything unreleased on YouTube. I mean, it's still on YouTube. They never, like, mm-hmm. went back and remastered it, but it's, like... I love Lana. Like, there's, um, what's the Lana song that's, like, you can be the boss, baby? Is it called, I think that's what it's called, you can be the boss. Um, I don't know if I know that one. Oh, it's so good. You should listen to it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. And then Filthy Pop by Lady Gaga. I would, like, listen to that on replay. So good. You're, like, sending me. My, I used to have so many CDs. I have, like, five CDs left. They're, like, over here, and it's all, like, brand new and, like, Chiodos and like very emo <laughs> stuff that I kept in my car, but now my car doesn't have a CD player, so I really? can't. No, that's wild. Mine yeah. doesn't have an aux cord. I Damn. Have an aux cord. <laughs> my well, mine's a twenty twenty, so like it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't it's they new. don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so yeah, I know I know more SNL skits, but I can't think of them to be real with you. So this is going to be so like displaced. I only have like two pages of notes because honestly, the topic, the SNL curse is kind of like, there's not a lot of um, substantiating evidence for it. So I guess first I want to say that like, a lot of people don't really believe in the SNL curse because the deaths that we'll talk about, like, could have just happened. Like, it doesn't have to have been associated with SNL. Okay. Um, they're all very sad. More, majority of them are, like, overdoses. Oh. Um, there's quite a few, like, cancer-related ones, I think. And then I think one of the arguments that people say is that, like, for the, for the majority of the ones that are, like, overdoses is people that are like artists, comedians, actors, entertainers of like any sort, they're like in the limelight and they're living objectively more risky lifestyles. Mm. Like first of all, more people are looking at you, there's more opportunity for people to want to hurt you or like if you're traveling more often, there's more chances that you get in an accident. Like so when you're in these like environments of lots of people looking at you and like you're like a celebrity lots of influences and substances and stuff mm-hmm. it's just more likely that like they might be susceptible to like drug abuse or things like that oh yeah absolutely um and where was I, I had like a, a follow-up <laughs> thought to that I lost it but yeah so basically just being like a celebrity you obviously have a lot more things that like your grasp like you can get your hands on more things so it's yeah. just more likely and then I also think there's the like um like starving artist kind of like sad aspect to it like I feel like a lot of really talented people are often like really sad it's not always the case but like it's possible um so that's just something that people like to point out is that like you know if you're in the entertainment industry your life is more risky than if you're working a nine to five so it's more likely that you might have like a sad or untimely death but I'm not like implying that if they were not celebrities this wouldn't have happened like I don't know um, I think it's just lifestyle choices, but I just wanted to point that out because, like I said, like this, the curse isn't really like definitive, but it, people talk about it, so I kind of wanted to talk about it. Also, yeah, I like only know like three of these people. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we'll start with John Belushi. So John Belushi died at the age of thirty-three on March 5th, 1982, and he died of a drug overdose from a speedball injection, which I saw, I don't even really know what that is. I looked online and saw that, like, some, it's, like, a combination of cocaine and, like, any opioid. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, heroin, morphine, fentanyl. I watched one on Breaking Bad the other day. It, it was meth and heroin, and I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> meth and heroin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of a combination of something fast and slow. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a certain thing. Okay. Uh. Yeah. His death led to the conviction of Kathy Smith for administering the fatal injection. So she was a drug dealer. I looked into this. Like, apparently, they were at, like, a hotel, and she, like, I think, like, took his, like, fancy red car and, like, went somewhere and then came back, and the police were there, and he was, like, lying there naked and dead. And they, like, at first she was, like, I had nothing to do with this. Like, I was just, like, hanging out with him. And then it comes out later I think they, like, interviewed her, and then she was on, like, a, like, a talk show was interviewing her, and she was like, yeah, like, I'm the person who gave it to him, and then she got arrested because she, like, incriminated herself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would be super unfortunate. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, see, like, that's like a slippery slope. It's like, is it really her fault? Like, he still made the choice to do it. I don't know. Okay, so that's uh, really interesting that you brought that up because I was just talking about this the other day about how, like, I understand... Like, I know here in North Carolina, like, if I was a drug dealer and I sold you drugs and you overdosed and died on them, like, I would be held responsible for administering you Mm -hmm. those. But, like, and I get that. Like, I get it. I guess it's, like, a way to, like, prevent people from selling bad drugs or selling drugs at all. Yeah. But also, it's kind of, like, I can argue the other side of it, too. It's, like, they actively chose to take drugs that like you know could kill you mm-hmm. so it's like i don't like how why put the blame on someone yeah like i don't know it's a tricky i don't remember what it was i learned in like criminal law but it's like if you like knowingly do something that could cause harm like oh but i guess it yeah i could see how it would go both ways because you're knowingly doing something that could cause harm on both ends of the party like right providing and doing so ah yeah yeah uh, i mean i can see it both ways yeah, Who I think... more liable. <laughs> right, exactly. I think it's just, like, even if they don't do it for, like, okay, you are responsible for their murder, like, you still sold drugs. Yeah. So then, like, you could get arrested for that. Um, but, yeah, she, like, I don't know. That was, like, a quick little blurb I read about it, but she, like, basically, like, kind of got away with it and then, like, outed oh, herself. <laughs> yeah, but I think I also saw, too, that, like, at first people were thinking that, like, so she had been interviewed, like, a couple of times by the police, and then they just let her go, and people were thinking that maybe she was, like, a um, a drug informant, or, like, not a police informant, and that she was, like, planted as, like, mm-hmm. a drug dealer. And so that was, like, a whole thing that people were thinking. They were like, well, obviously she gave him the drugs, so, like, why are they letting her go? But, I don't know, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. maybe she is. Who knows? But ultimately she did get arrested. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it was a cover-up of her being a criminal informant yeah They're like oh well now we have to oh sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so next on the list is andy kaufman and he died i'm not sure how old he was um but he died in 1975 so i guess i should have put him first because that was the first death but andy kaufman appeared on the very first episode of saturday night live in october 1975 lip-syncing the theme song to the old mighty mouse cartoon show And he made another dozen appearances on the show, wrestling women, playing the bongos, (laughs) impersonating Elvis Presley, and once reading an uncomfortably long section of F. Scott Fitzgerald's book, The Great Gatsby. (laughs) Uncomfortably long. (laughs) I love that. I got that from whotu.com. I would love to see that. In a typically surreal stunt, Kaufman was voted off the show forever by viewers in 1982, I didn't really see why. And then two years later, he died of a rare form of lung cancer. So mm. that's our our first lung cancer person, or any cancer person. I probably would have voted him off if he was wrestling women too, but I mean, hey, that's just me. <laughs> I feel like sometimes comedy, like SNL, com- or skit comedy is like so cringe. Yeah, right? Like I have a friend who does um, skit comedy in LA and like, I I love watching it because like I love him and I support him, but I'm like, how, I could not like I'd be like so embarrassed to like be a skit comedian, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. I think I feel like the only time I really watch SNL is like when there's like mu- a musician that's gonna be on that's like hosting or something, or like even then, like I know like Billie Eilish was on and like I don't know, like Miley Cyrus was on there. I don't really like Miley Cyrus. I don't know why I said her. 
<laughs> I actually really don't like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I don't, there's no real rhyme or reason to oh it. Oh my goodness. I just have an aversion to her. Like, oh man, during her breakdown, like, I was like, you're a queen. <laughs> No, I thought she was so cringe. Oh my gosh, I used to love her. And then she just like went off the deep end and started making this crazy music. Like went from Hannah Montana to drugs real fast. Yeah. I was like, look at you, like escape Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Hannah Montana and the Miley Cyrus stuff at the beginning. And then when she did the like can't be tamed and stuff, I was totally there for that era. And then when she started like... uh. In the club, high of perp. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like my freshman year of college, and I was there for that. Still, I mean, I I loved that song. Like it plays at the club, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I was just like, girl. Like when Nicki Minaj called her out, I was like, thank God. Oh my God, somebody check this crazy white girl. Like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, it's so cringe. And like, I've seen a lot of like people write pieces about like whatever that was like her little attention seeking experience but I don't know I don't know what it is about her I think it I think her I like the rock kind of music that she's been doing like mm-hmm. when she covered um what's that blondie song that she covered something about the heart da, 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 da. no idea no idea part of glass part uh. of glass when she covered that that was great she covered another like rocky song but I just, I don't like her fucking voice. I don't really? like it. I think, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say her little sister's voice is like almost just like hers, but so beautiful. I like, like Noah Cyrus's yeah. voice for sure. Um, I just, for me, I'm like, I feel like if she wasn't Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter, no one would give a flying fuck about Miley Cyrus. I guess that's fair. And I said that and my friend was like, well, that's how it is with Willow Smith. And I was like, you take that back. <gasps> <laughs> No, Willow has been putting out some good music. I'm yes. saying that first name like I know her or something. Well, I think she just goes by Willow, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think from her music, she yeah. just goes by Willow. So you're right. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I Miley just irks my nerve for some reason. And just one of those things. Yeah, I can't place it. Like, there's really no, like, good justification. It's just, I'm just like, shut the <laughs> fuck up, Miley. Like, your name's not even Miley. Like, <laughs> isn't it like Desiree or something yeah, yeah, stupid? Yeah, yeah, Des- Desiree something. So, oh, what is that middle name? I used to know it. I don't, I don't remember anything. I think she's like, a Sagittarius too. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is crazy because I love, like, I don't think I've met a Sagittarius that I didn't like. I haven't met Miley Cyrus, so <laughs> maybe if I meet her, I'll feel differently. I know she does, like, cool things. Like, she does, like, the what, the hippie, happy hippie foundation. Yeah. Where she, like, like, she's out here doing cool things. I'm just a hater. Yeah. Like, I'm just straight up a hater. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. My podcast is weird, but we're, we're doing it. <laughs> no, I love it. Oh, thank you. You've always been such a supporter. Like, I appreciate it so much. It's so, it's, it was, like, so funny, especially in the beginning, because, like, I would be working in aisles, and, like, I just wasn't used to it yet, and I would be hearing your voice, and it's like, oh, I should answer her, and I'm like, I'm not, we're not together, (laughs) (laughs) That's what so many people say to me, like, they'll be like, I'm just listening to your podcast, and I feel like I'm supposed to, like, talk back to you right now. Yeah, like, like, I used to send you paragraphs, because I'm like, (laughs) she needs to, she needs to hear all of this, and I'm like... It was, like, right when you started blowing up, and you started responding slower, too, and I'm like, okay, let me, let me. No, you can always, <laughs> always talk to me about the podcast. That goes for anybody. Like, I love when I get, like, a paragraph text from someone. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, like, inhaled sand at the beach last weekend. Like, as soon as I left the beach, I was just, like, dying, and, like, I've just uh. been dying since then. Just, like, 
Oh yeah, isn't it super oh windy goodness. at it the was, beach right now? It was really windy, and like I forgot a towel, so I was laying on the dog blanket, and it would not stay on the ground. It just kept flinging sand right into my face. No. And, oh. I'm going to the beach next weekend, and I'm like, which one? Uh, just Myrtle. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. But my dentist, I went to the dentist yesterday, and she was like, "Oh, my parents sent me an article last night of a woman dying on Myrtle Beach because it's so windy that an umbrella like." Oh my gosh, yeah. So shibumis are not allowed on Myrtle Beach because of a noise ordinance. Do you what know is what a shibumi? shibumi is? Okay, so it is like a rainbow, but a canopy. So it's just like tent sticks that like go into a rainbow, and the canopy just flaps behind it. I see, and like. This, the, like, security people on the beach came up to my dad's friend the other day, and they were like, you can't have this out here. And then an umbrella comes just, like, flying by, and he's like, but those can be here? Like, really? That's crazy. I know that they say, like, you can't have the pointy umbrellas because of that, Uh, like, the, with, like, the stakes, I guess. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I always think beach. about that video of the just like 50 umbrellas <laughs> and it's like run. <laughs> That's literally gonna be me. <laughs> and I'm camping. Oh man. On the <laughs> I'm camping at the beach because I'm a fucking psycho. <laughs> like what is wrong with me? Are you at least gonna be with people? I'm gonna be with my friend Aaron. Okay. Yeah, I'm he... like, I'm like, you're just gonna <laughs> Dude, like, I want to camp on the beach so bad, but I am paranoid of everything. I'm like, no, nah, I'll get murdered on the beach like that girl in 1976. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. I just, I do you know Emily, Emily Sedona? Um, she's like a Instagram person. I don't think so. She is really cool. She's kind of my idol. So she used to be a stripper, and she was like crazy alcoholic and she's sober two years sober now that's super exciting yeah super cool she does only fans and she's like super hot like just tatted as fuck like long blonde hair very like girly like uh-huh. very pink vibes and she like travels on her own and she like has like a youtube where she's like this is what i do in my car and like this is how i feel safe and like t- like explains everything that she does like oh, on her trip nice. and she like really inspired me i was like i want to do that so that's bad super fun my dad wants to turn an old school bus into a house and just like drive around everywhere let him do it yeah right no no i <laughs> tell want him to do it so bad <laughs> My my boyfriend's a mechanic, and so, like, he's like, yeah, I'll help you fix it up. Like, I love a blue-collar boyfriend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so great. He, he fixes all my car troubles. He's so great. How long have you been together? <laughs> um, We started talking in March. Like, not a long time. And, yeah. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Yeah, Aww. it's been super fun, because I took, like, a boy sabbatical and didn't talk to men for over a year. And then, it, it, yeah, it was, it was really nice. Like, the timing of everything, I had, uh... He started texting me. So I met him in small group back in November, but we weren't actually like like talking or anything until March. And um he texted me the day before I gave my testimony like at Celebrate Recovery. And so the timing was just super weird because like I was not ready to date still. And then like I gave my testimony. I was like, "Wow, like I've really made progress. I've like mm-hmm. really been cuz I I'm two and a half years sober from alcohol, but I was still doing drugs. I wasn't, like, active in recovery or AA or anything. COVID shut the whole country down, so I was just, like, not drinking all alone in my house. Like, my dad's sober, too, but it was just, like, super weird, and I didn't My dad's sober, too! (laughs) I love it! Isn't that so great? (laughs) That makes me so happy. But, yeah, I did not take it seriously at all, and um, didn't even realize, like... 
all the stuff I had to work through, like, after getting sober. Like, that was just, like, the first battle. And then it was just, like, trauma dumps every day. And I'm like, brain, stop it. Like, I don't want to keep knowing things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Literally. I cried, like, every day for, like, so long. Like, the first two months, first two to three months, you're like, wow, the world is beautiful and amazing and I can be sober. And then it hits you. Like, you just hit a fucking brick wall. Yeah. But, like, low-key, I wish I could cry like that again. Like... I have not been able to, like, tap back into that, like, Mm. being able to just, like, sob and let it out. Like, I would feel so good, like, after I would cry. I'm like, I need that. Like, that, it's almost like a high. Like, you feel so good after you're done crying. That was, like, the worst um, metaphor (laughs) for, like, people (laughs) struggling (laughs) with sobriety. Like, It was like a high. (laughs) That's how I have to trick myself into, like... I'm like, ugh, crying is like being high instead of actually being high. <laughs> That's really sad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't even remember what I heard being compared to a high the other day, but I was like, you know, you're kind of right. Like, because see, I don't even smoke weed anymore. I never thought I was going to stop smoking weed. And yeah. so that's been super weird. I'm like really just out here doing life. Like, yeah. I how do people do this forever (laughs) right no seriously I stopped so when I stopped drinking I was still smoking a little bit Mm -hmm. and then I stopped but I had like so I stopped smoking weed like my when I first went to school Mm -hmm. and like I didn't smoke for like eight months and then I started smoking again and like so my relationship with the way I handle weed has not ever been the way it was like back when we were like in high school I could just smoke like I'm like if I take like one hit am I gonna have a panic attack today (laughs) who knows so it's like I never really know like what to expect with that but yeah yeah I was still smoking every day and just immediately getting anxious and I'm like oh well maybe another hit will make it better and I'm like (laughs) dead on the couch inside just like panicking yes your heart's like yeah yeah am I gonna die this time maybe (laughs) yeah when I stopped drinking I was still doing like drug drugs like Mm -hmm. I I wasn't just smoking and um so then I moved to the beach stopped doing any of that but I was still smoking and then it was actually like the night of my testimony I smoked after and the next day I just like stopped and it was really hard at first because like I was smoking every day like multiple times a day and so then it was, like, super weird. I got home from work, and I'm like, what do I even do now? Like, like I immediately walked over to, like, hit my bong, and I was like, wait, I'm not, I'm not smoking now. <laughs> not <laughs> that happened for, now. like, two weeks. Like, I just kept immediately, and I was like, I need to put this away. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just sitting there, and I'm like, I'm just not hitting you. It's crazy how much free time there is when you're not doing yeah. things like that all the time like I immediately that's that's why I have a podcast now and that's why I have all these random ass hobbies that I do because yeah. like I was like suddenly I'm not like I literally was always like I'll never get to do those things because I'm busy drinking you know yeah. what I mean and it's like what the fuck or smoking to... or whatever okay uh, yeah what are we even talking about <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love this episode so much because it's so random yeah. okay okay so this episode topic is the <laughs> SNL curse. Okay, the next person on my list is another sad one. Her name is Gilda Radner. She died at 42 in 1989, and she died from ovarian cancer. She was originally scheduled to host the season 13 finale, which I think 13 is a lucky number, but this almost sounds makes me think it's unlucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was going to be a first for a former female cast member. However, SNL was canceled due to a 1988 Writers Guild of America strike. 
and Radner's health worsened the following year, moments before the season 14 finale, news broke of her death. In lieu of the opening monologue, Steve Martin, visibly shaken, introduced a replay of the Dancing in the Dark sketch that they had performed in 1978, and her ex-husband, G.E. Smith, performed a musical tribute with the SNL band. And so all of this, except for Andy Kaufman, all of this information is just, like, straight off of Wikipedia, because that's the only information I could find. <laughs> hey, I think Wikipedia is a reliable source. I, I yeah, any high school teacher says. I if they have sources on there and like exactly. it, like if it has the little banner that's like this might need some fact checking, I don't use it, but if it's like yeah. a topic with lots of sources, I and there's all sorts of citations in this. So that one was sad. Um this next one is also sad. <laughs> all of them are sad. I, I was about to say <laughs> I I laugh because like I laugh in awkward situations. Oh, me too. Like, I'm like, oh my god, that's so sad. And then yeah, I like burst yeah. out laughing because I'm like, I don't know how to, I didn't, we didn't learn how to process emotions. Exactly. Like I cannot. People. So I either shut down completely or I am giggling at really bad times if I'm not allowed to shut down. Yeah. Like, I would much rather, like, in any uncomfortable situation, just lock myself in my room and not leave and just, like, process. Same. Internally. But, like, can't do that. And so I giggle. I am the type of person, too, where, like, I can laugh. It, it could be, like, I'm, like, actually laughing at something, but I can laugh so hard that, like, I'll start sobbing, and then, like, <laughs> and, like it feels really good, so I just let it happen. Because, <laughs> like I said, it feels like I'm high. <laughs> because it's hard for me. Like, I'm a crybaby, but it's really hard for me to let the tears come out. So uh-huh. when they come, I'm like, all right, like, I'm taking this opportunity. Yeah. But, like, yeah, so if it's, like, a not funny situation, I'll definitely laugh until I cry, too. It's <laughs> intense, but... This next one, I don't have a ton of information on. Her name is Denitra Vance. She died at 40 in 1994, and she died of breast cancer, which had returned after a remission. And then this next one is also very sad. Michael O'Donohue, he died at 54 on November 8th, 1994. That is my ex's ex's birthday. I don't know why I still remember that. My high school. Is it the ex I remember? Because yeah. I was just thinking. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew he was a Scorpio, too. Yes. The, girl. <laughs> a Scorpio-Sag combination in a relationship. My boyfriend's a Sag. <laughs> okay, but I think a Scorpio man and a Sagittarius woman is terrifying. But a Dude, Scorpio yeah. woman and a Sagittarius man, I can I can vibe with that. Yeah, it, it's like, I feel like every Sagittarius man I meet is not as, like, outwardly stubborn as Sagittarius women but like internally like he like won't say it but he's kind of like okay yeah (laughs) they're they're a little crazy I feel like I meet a ton of them at the club I feel like that's necessary for me if I'm being (laughs) honest (laughs) no I agree I agree I love Scorpio women me too I love Scorpios in general. Like, they, like, I might be biased, but they're my absolute favorite. Like, they get such bad raps. And they Geminis! Do. I love Geminis! I love Geminis. Everyone is like, ugh. I fucking, because Gemini is my complimentary sign. Oh, I really? I love okay. a Gemini. Um, I always vibe with Geminis. I always love Sagittarius. I always like Scorpio. I don't like Libras. I don't love Libras. <laughs> I have one in my life that I love. Shout out Israel. But aside from that, no. I. One of my best friends is a Libra, and I do love her, but girl is crazy. And, like, oh, my gosh, Libra men are just, like, crazy but not good crazy. They're just, like, No, I dated one. They're so, I'm, like, ah, calm down. 
Literally, the one I did, he was a Virgo Libra cusp. Oh. And it was terrifying. He was a Libra, though, but he was, like, on the cusp, and mm. he was really scary. Not, <laughs> I would not recommend. <laughs> okay. So, Michael O'Donohue, he died from a cerebral hemorrhage after Ooh. suffering from severe chronic migraine headaches for most of his life. So, that's terrifying because yeah. I have those. Oh, no. Um, and so, I'm like, is, is, that the, is that a possibility? <laughs> like, I didn't realize that was a thing. Um, Bill Murray honored O'Donohue's memory in an appearance on a season 20 episode hosted by Sarah Jessica Parker, OK Girl, with musical guest R.E.M. That actually, I want to watch that episode now. I thought you were about to tell me Bill Murray died and I'm like, for real? No. <laughs> Bill Murray, Sarah Jessica Parker, and R.E.M. on one episode. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. I love her. She's a queen. I know. I need to watch the, I haven't watched the new Sex and the City. I haven't either. I haven't watched the old one. I haven't finished it. I've seen, there's a lot of it. I've seen some <laughs> of it. But I just don't watch a lot of TV. I, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I, I used to just, like, come home from work and turn on Netflix and, like, play games on my phone. I was super addicted to iPhone games. And then I would just, like, get drunk. And now, like, I just don't. Yeah. I've been sitting a lot more recently just, like. Ugh, cuddled up on the couch. I'm like, you need to do that sometimes, <laughs> though. You need to rest. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, maybe I need to do the things, too. Maybe if I do the things, I'll feel better. But it's like, I don't feel like doing the things. We're the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally me. That's why I took, like, the week break off the podcast. Yeah. And then I ended up taking a two-week break off the podcast. I was like, I so I, like, took the break. It wasn't enough. But I was like, I got to keep going. And then I had to take the two-week break. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I need to just. just yeah. Chill out. Okay, this next one. These next two are a little bit more detailed. So Chris Farley, I think everyone knows Chris Farley. He died at 33 in 1997. So on December 18th, 1997, Farley was found dead by his younger brother, John, in his apartment in the John Hancock Center in Chicago. Um, Similar to Belushi, Farley died of a drug overdose from a speedball. So advanced a Atherosclerosis also was cited as a significant contributing factor. So that's lesions of the arteries. Um, I think it's caused by like high blood pressure and stuff like that. Um, Things that like side effects of being obese are like Mm. what contribute to that. And then his death occurred less than two months after he came back to host SNL, which turned out to be his final television appearance. So for much of his adult life, Farley battled alcohol and illicit drug abuse, and these addictions resulted in his repeated suspension from the cast of SNL. Bernie Brillstein or Brillstein, whose firm of Brillstein or Brillstein Gray Entertainment managed Farley, and they had repeatedly sent the actor to drug and alcohol rehab, and in the final years of his life, he had sought treatment for weight problems and drug abuse on 17 different occasions. Mm. So it's really heartbreaking when it's someone who's like constantly trying to get better and like just isn't like that's that's always like really depressing when like you can see like 17 times like obviously there was like some effort um being made I think also he was on um the Nickelodeon show all that maybe Mm -hmm. he did like a little guest appearance with um Keenan I think from Keenan and Kel and like he was, like, visibly not well. Like, mm. he was, like, breathing heavy and, like, getting all red and, like, huffing and puffing and stuff. And, and this was, like, pretty close to, like, before he had passed away. So the dude was not well. But I don't really think of, like, I know he's got a lot of movies and stuff. I haven't, 
really watched a ton of them. I just know who he is. Yeah, I think he was to. an uncle, uncle Buck. I think that's who I'm thinking of. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I don't want to look now. That's him. Yeah, that's Uncle Buck. Okay, cool. Okay, so this next one is actually uh, this May twenty eighth. That's my other ex's birthday. <laughs> What the heck? Okay, so this next one is Phil Hartman, and this is actually the case that inspired me to do this episode topic, and then I realized there wasn't much about it, but I don't really like on this podcast to do, like, straight-up true crime. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some episodes scheduled that are pretty much just true crime, but I try to, like, if I do true crime, I like for it to be more, like, white-collar crime. I don't want to just do, like, a murder episode that, Mm -hmm. like, ten other podcasts have already done, so I don't really like to do that but um I was listening because I listen to those all the time so Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that again so I was listening to this episode um so check out Morbid's deep dive on this it's episode 290 the tragic murder of Phil Hartman and it's really in depth and that was um it was really sad and it was where I heard about this and I'm I have a lot more information on his death than everyone else's so I'm just gonna read all of this is from Wikipedia and yeah so let's let's get into it So, after two divorces, Phil Hartman married former model and aspiring actress Bryn Omdahl in 1987, with whom he had two children. And their marriage was troubled due due to Bryn's drug use and domestic violence against Hartman, who was frequently absent from home. The marriage had difficulties. She was reportedly intimidated by his success and was frustrated that she could not find any on her own. Although neither party wanted a divorce, she was reported to have been jealous and often verbally and or physically abusive, even sending a letter to his ex-wife threatening to rip her eyes out if she spoke to him again. Oh. Yeah, he, and Hartman considered retiring to save this marriage. So it's like one of those situations where I feel like she is with him because she like wants to be him. Like she mm-hmm. wants his fame mm-hmm. and she's not successful and she's like, well, I'll just get as close to it as I can. Mm-hmm. And because she can't be that way, she, like, resents him for it. Yeah. It's really toxic. So Hartman tried to get Bryn acting roles, but she became progressively reliant on alcohol and narcotics, entering rehab several times. On multiple occasions, he removed their children from the household. There's a kitty somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? (laughs) There's three cats in this household. Oh, really? I've seen one. Yeah. Two more to find. Which color was it? Gray. That's Amanda's cat. His name is Cosmo. Cosmo. Mm -hmm. So on multiple occasions, he removed their children from the household to stay with friends or family because of her drug and alcohol-fueled outburst. And because of his close friendship with SNL associate Jan Hooks, Bryn joked on, and there's quotes around the word joked, Bryn joked on occasion Hooks and Hartman were married on some other level. So like his work wife. Mm. (laughs) Everyone has a work wife. Oh, absolutely. I have, like, 20. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I bet that's super fun, but I bet that could also be a lot, just, like, working with that many women. Yeah, it's... I also just have, like, really bad, like, uh, bonds with women, just, like, the mommy issues coming into play. No, (laughs) I get it. I definitely have mommy issues. I think the only reason I'm, like, able to handle it is because I danced competitively my whole life, Mm. like, from 3 to 15, so, Mm. like, I was always around women, and not that, like, that was not a good 
like experience. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I had good friends, but I also had like bullies and like mm-hmm. it was very catty. And then I worked at Plato's Closet yep. with all the women and that also was not a good experience. It was like I had good friends, it was also catty. Yeah. So I think in this situation I just kn- I'm much more mature and I know like you know, when to step back. Also, I'm there to work, so I just kind of mind my fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, do, I don't talk to anybody unless they speak to me. Uh-huh. Like, that's how I approach that. Because, like, some girls, if you're on their bad side, they will fucking jump you. Oh and my so, God. like, I'm not about to get jumped, uh-huh. baby. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Also, I'm 6'1 in my heels, so, like, oh, try me. Yeah, right? <laughs> I gotta pop my neck. Okay, yeah, do it. Ah, oh, Yes! Yeah, that I'm was, leaving that, that in. <laughs> So Bryn had written threatening letters a lot, apparently, addressed to Hooks, the lady who was his work wife, warning her to not get close to her husband, but they appeared to have never been sent. So she, like, I guess wrote them and then kept Mm. them, like, under her bed because they found it in her belongings after she passed away. And then on May 27th, 1998, Hartman's wife, Bryn, visited the Italian restaurant Buca di Beppo, which... Sounds really good. In Encino, California, with producer and writer Christine Zander, who said she was, quote, in a good frame of mind, and they had drinks while they were there. After returning home, Bryn had a, quote, heated argument with Phil, after which he went to bed. She entered his bedroom sometime before 3 a.m. on May 28, 1998, and as he slept, she fatally shot him once between the eyes once in the throat and once in the upper chest with a Charter Arms thirty-eight caliber handgun. Sheesh. Yeah. I was like, girl, I think you got him. Yeah, like, right, in all of right. those spots. The throat is insane, though. He was 49 years old. She was taking Zoloft, had been drinking alcohol, and had recently used cocaine. And Sounds now, like my high school. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, I'm not trying to justify that she murdered him because obviously she was an abusive, like, violent yeah, yeah, piece yeah, of yeah, shit. Yeah. But I had the Zoloft combination. Like, that was... Zoloft fucked me up. I know it works for some people, but it, like, made me so much worse. It made me literally want to die. And I would drink so heavily on it. And so, like, I can confirm that, like... Mm. She probably had thought about this before. Like, you know, like, you don't just do that, like, out of nowhere. Like, Zoloft isn't going to make you just go shoot someone three Mm. times. So she'd probably been thinking about it. But so I can imagine, like, I would just, like, it would be, like, I'd take my Zoloft. I'd have, like, one drink and, like, just blackout. Mm. Like, gone. Mm. Did you like Zoloft? No. I ended up getting on Celexa, which, like, I mean, I wouldn't take things on time. I drank all the time. So, like, of course, I'm like, oh, they never worked. But it's, like, I wasn't taking them properly. Like, they could have worked. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if I hadn't been drinking, like, if Zoloft would have worked for me. But it was, like, I didn't even, I was like, I have to get off of this. I feel like with everyone's genetics, it's just, like, hit or miss what medicines work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because then I did Prozac, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So after she killed her husband, she then drove to the home of her friend Ron Douglas, and she confessed to the killing, but he didn't believe her. And they drove back to the house, which if someone comes to your house after 3 in the morning fucked up being crazy and says, I killed someone, believe them. Yeah, Like, just believe them. What do you mean you don't believe them? Like, what? But so they drove back to the house in separate cars and she called another friend and confessed a second time. So she's just telling everyone on seeing Hartman's body, Douglas called 911 at 620 a.m. And police arrived and escorted Douglas and the Hartman's two children from the premises, by which time Bryn had locked herself in the bedroom. And shortly after, she completed suicide by a self-inflicted gunshot. Mm. So the police stated that Hartman's death was caused by domestic discord between the couple a friend said Bryn had trouble controlling her anger and she got attention by losing her temper. 
A neighbor of the Hartmans told a CNN reporter that the couple had marital problems, yet actor Steven Gutenberg said that... (laughs) I'm so glad I got to say that. (laughs) He said that they they were a very happy couple and they always had the appearance of being well-balanced. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, those are two very different stories. But yeah. <laughs> and it seems like, based on, like, everyone else's account, like, they were not doing yeah, great. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, sir. Bryn's brother, Gregory Omdahl, filed a wrong... Ugh, filed a wrongful death lawsuit in 1919... 19- <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> he filed a wrongful death lawsuit in 1999 against both Pfizer, the manufacturer of Zoloft, and her child psychiatrist, Arthur Sorosky, who had provided samples of the antidepressants to Bren. So I think, I guess that means she was taking her children to the psychiatrist and mm-hmm. he just gave her samples. Like, samples. She like, wasn't even like on it, on it. Hmm. Which like, why are you giving out samples? Yeah, of- <laughs> why are you just going to like randomly pop a Zoloft one night? <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't make you feel like, yeah. it's so bizarre. So Phil Hartman's friend and former SNL colleague John Lovitz has accused Hartman's then news radio co-star Andy Dick of reintroducing Bryn to cocaine, causing her to relapse and suffer a nervous breakdown. So like, okay, that checks out. (laughs) Dick claims to have known nothing of her condition. Lovitz later said he no longer blamed Dick for Hartman's murder, but in 2006, he claimed Dick approached him at a restaurant and said, I put the Phil Hartman hex on you. You're the next one to die. And Lovitz then had him ejected from the restaurant. So, like, people are, like, around this man, chaos was, like, swirling. Like, these people are fucking crazy. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they're crazy. The following year at the Laugh Factory Comedy Club in Los Angeles, Lovitz and Dick had another argument with Lovitz slamming Dick's head into the bar, and Dick asserted he was not at fault in relation to Hartman's death. Which, like... He's not really. Mm-mm. Like, it's not his fault that he did coke with his wife and she yeah. went and murdered him. Yeah. So, like, like I, I guess get it goes a... back to, like, what we were talking about earlier, like, providing the drugs, but, uh, yeah. At the end of the stretch. day, <laughs> people, like, choose actively to do things, and mm-hmm. it's, like, you have to take some, like, self-accountability. But, I mean, there is, like, you know, the butterfly effect and, mm-hmm. like, cause and event or cause and effect. So, like, I mean, yes and no. Like, he didn't kill him. Yeah. At the end of the day. So Bryn's sister, Catherine Omdahl, and brother-in-law, Mike Wright, raised their children, thankfully. Um, Hartman's will stipulated that each child would inherit, would inherit money over several years after turning 25, and the total value of Hartman's estate was estimated at $1.23 million. So mm-hmm. during SNL's 25th anniversary special in 1999, several of Hartman's peers honored his memory by replaying his sketch, Love is a Dream, from 1988. And a sweet thing I saw was that Phil was nicknamed Glue on set because he was touted as being able to hold the show together and helping other cast members. So he was like the glue Mm -hmm. that held it together. So it seems like I didn't really talk a ton about him, but if you listen to this episode, which I would recommend if you're interested in this, they really do a good job of like painting who he was as a person. And it seems like he was really just this awesome person and, like, this is just a... I mean, it's a super tragedy regardless, mm-hmm. but it was, like, he was just taken away for, like, being, like, a good man, mm. basically. The next person on my list is Charles Rocket. So, he... What a name. I know. Like, ooh. <laughs> Charles Rocket. Yeah. I like that. I feel like he maybe should be a weatherman, though. 
like yeah he's like the hot weather man that you I see like, on the news yes. you're like wow i might actually watch the news tonight <laughs> <laughs> i love that so he passed away in 2005 at 56 he was found dead in his canterbury connecticut backyard and it was concluded that he completed suicide and he had allegedly taken his own life with this is so fucked up maybe skip ahead slashing his own throat with a box cutter <gasps> yeah I thought the gunshot to the throat was bad. Yeah. I wonder how long it would take to, like, bleed out to the point where you, like, don't realize that your throat is slit. Do you remember that girl from our high school that, like, had her throat slit, but she was, like, alive and fine? What? Oh, you never (laughs) saw her? What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say she was a year older than I was. What happened? Uh, She just was, like, in a fight with somebody, and, like, they tried to slit her throat, and she didn't die. Like, she had a scar, like, almost across her whole throat. I feel like I, like, now that you're saying it, like, I feel like I remember seeing someone with that. Her name is, like, Maddie something. I used to know her last name because I, like, looked it up on Instagram when this person told me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, there really is, like, a whole scar there. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, I'm just imagining, like, someone, like, holding your hair and, like, (laughs) like, that. You were, like, literally, like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, how do you, what kind of fucking fight are you in that, like. Right. I can't even, like, bring myself to be like, okay, time to slit their throat. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what the hell? Wow, no, I didn't remember that, but thank you for that. (laughs) Okay, and to end on another throat note, (laughs) Jan Hooks, which I think was the woman, the work wife, right? Let's see. Yeah, Hooks. Jan Hooks, yeah. This is sad. So Jan Hooks, October 9th, 2014, at the age of 57, she died after battling throat cancer for several months. That sounds awful. Mm. Two days later, she was given a tribute on SNL during the third episode of its 40th season, in which a short she had filmed with Phil Hartman titled Love is a Dream was re-aired. I don't know about you, but I think, like, 40 seasons is too much. That's what I was just thinking. Too much. Until you started giving their death dates, I was like, I had no idea that this show had been on that long. Like, I knew it had been around for like a while, and I guess it like had stopped and started, like that one where it said there was like a strike or something. But season thirteen, yeah. Is it that good? Like that you need to? I don't know. I. I mean, I hear people talking about it all the time. I guess I'll have to watch and like see. Yeah. I feel like I have watched it though, and it's just like isn't one of the thi- those things. It's like Family Guy. I can't get into Family Guy, and everyone loves it, and I'm just like... Yeah. I had a phase, like, when I was... Well, because I had older brothers, so when I was, like, yeah. 10, 11, I, like, watched a lot of, like, Family Guy, um, Futurama, mm. The Simpsons, um, Robot Chicken. Okay, I, I did Robot watch Chicken. Robot Chicken, but honestly, <laughs> I was, like, traumatized in middle school. I, like, woke up in the middle of the night, and it wasn't Cartoon Network anymore, and Adult Swim was on, and it was this, like... Why did they oh do that? Oh, my god! Like, why didn't Adult Swim just have its own... Right? Right? Like... like <laughs> I never understood that. And then, like, Nick at Night, like, I think Disney's, like, the only one that didn't have, like, a late-night parent show, but it's, like, they just changed the fucking yeah. channel. Like, yeah. why is it the same channel? Yeah, so, and then I'm sure that there's, like, more deaths that have happened, like, out of the whole cast, as long as it's been on, like, the first death, or the first show, I think, was, like, what, 1979, 75. Yeah. So, there's definitely been more deaths, but these were just the ones that have been called out relating to the curse. And, like, honestly, these are all young. Like, I think the oldest person was, like, 59, which, like, that's still young for Mm -hmm. these deaths to occur, but, like, with cancer and stuff and overdoses, you can never know. 
So then I was like trying to find some more research and I thought I found something, but it's not really <laughs> related to the SNL <laughs> curse, but I thought it was interesting. So I was like, I'm going to put it in there. So this section of my notes is titled Breaking the Curse? Question mark. So according to The Hollywood Reporter, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were on The Tonight Show and they discussed with Jimmy Fallon the resurrection of the Wayne's World skit for a 2021 Super Bowl commercial. I've actually never watched Wayne's World, um, but anyways. So Mike and Dana claim that their Wayne's World sketches actually broke an SNL curse, but not the SNL curse. So like, I was like, I saw this YouTube video. I was like, oh shit, they broke the curse. And I watched it and I was like, it's a must be another fucking curse. Like, ah. so supposedly the first few times that Wayne's World was ever aired, it was the last sketch of the night. It, they were like kind of new on the cast. So like you kind of have to earn your place as like one of the more like prominent sketches of the night. So it was like the last sketch. And then um, I think Jimmy Fallon pointed out that actually the first time they or the first couple of times they ever went on, they were put. So there's like multiple stages for SNL. There's like the main stage where like the music is and like mm. the host is. And then there's like different stages with sketches. And the stage that they were on was like in the back corner. So the audience was facing the other way and it was just like it would be shown on a monitor. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't actually like see the sketch. Mm-hmm. They'd be like back there doing it. But like they, the audience is facing the other yeah. way. And so that is a portion of Studio 8H where they claim sketches go to die. They're like, I mean, obviously it's good enough that it, like you're on SNL. Yeah, like yeah, it can't yeah. be that bad. But it's like of all the sketches, it's like the not the, as good the ones. The worst one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is like where they originally were. And then they like blew up and had like two movies and now they like re brought back their characters for the Super Bowl last year. So that was the, the curse that they broke. Nice. Not not the one that's killing people. Yeah. Not that one. (laughs) Hollywood is super cursed and very like scary. And Mm -hmm. a lot of like, there's a lot of energy happening over there. And so, okay, maybe there's not an SNL curse, but like, maybe there is like, I don't know. Those are a lot of tragic deaths to have happened on, like, one cast. Yeah. And I think that's just why people talk about it, but, like... like was it co- your podcast, or was it a different one talking about the, like, poltergeist curse? It wasn't mine. Oh, my gosh. But okay, now so I'm interested. Yeah, apparently there's a curse with their cast, too, and just, like, so many people dying. <gasps> yes, I've heard about that. Um, I think, and that's why We Drink did an episode on the poltergeist um, cast. Like, all of them, like, die in, like, really tragic yeah. ways. Yeah. I but mean, I think, like you said, it just relates to, like, Hollywood probably being super cursed. Like Hollywood you said earlier so in the eerie. episode, it was, like, uh, just being in that scene, like, having all the drug access and just everyone partying all the time and it being so accepted and, like, not even just accepted, but, like, kind of, like, not pushed on you, but probably pushed on you. Exactly. Like, if you want to fit in. Like, I've never understood, like, ah, that's another reason that I kind of, like, stepped away from the plant page. I'm, like... Why do we even want all these people to see us? Like I, I, I don't know celebrities' names. Like I don't know movie Me titles, either. like bands, songs. Like I just don't. And like it's never been something that I'm like, oh, like I should learn these things. I'm like, why are these people even famous? Like what did they do? And like obviously, you know, music is great, and I love listening to it. But like, I could probably only tell you like five names of Lana Del Rey's songs. Like I could sing them all, but like yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's just like. Not something that I've ever, like, really invested in, especially actors. I'm like, yeah, like, he's good at acting, but, like, does it really matter? So, yeah, super creepy. Yeah, like, I'm the exact (laughs) same way. Like, I could recognize an actor in a movie, but, like, I won't know their name. Or, like, 
artists. Like I, I was just talking to my dad about this the other day because my mom, like, I don't know if you saw that like Elton John sign thing up there, but like she was a diehard Elton John fan. She like traveled, went to, I think like every state to see him and was like the like organizer of his fan club and like met him multiple times and like was a huge stan. But like, I was like, I've never, like I've had like phases where I really liked a band or an artist or something, but I've never like just committed like that. Like mm-hmm. how some like there are people out there that are like really, really like obsessed with certain people or like I even think of like deadheads and like stuff like that where like they go to like all the festivals all the time mm-hmm. and they're like they know all the artist names and they like meet them and they like know the discography and like it's just crazy like how people get like yeah, like why do we get like hung up on it I do think like going to the concerts and festivals like gives you that kind of like one-on-one experience even if like it's not really but you're like at least like somewhere you're not just like sitting on your couch watching someone on a tv like say some words yeah like I don't know uh no I get it kind of like they're so weird like it's so weird that this is entertainment like why can't I just be entertained with my own life like I think at the end of the day like we're all humans like it's really exciting to meet someone who's a very talented artist like that's really cool but at the end of the day like everyone is just a human like you don't need to like get all worked up and like with this kind of stuff it's it's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of really good, genuine people that are probably there and, like, trying to make it. But then there's, like, a lot of people that are, like, they'll do anything mm-hmm. to make it. And then that the, – those are very contrasting mm-hmm. personalities and energies. And I think there's probably a lot more of the people that will do anything to get there than the, than just, like, the genuine people that are, like, making their way. Yeah. And that's where that kind of, like, gross, um, scary energy comes into yeah. play. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, like – put a curse on this show or this cast or like imagine like you audition and you don't get it and like it's some like witch that's like fucking pissed off man and then they curse everyone to die like a really tragic death Uh, instead of just dying in their sleep or something LA Hollywood is so haunted like super haunted um I believe that shit (laughs) absolutely well, I think that's all I have for my notes I didn't do a ton but we talked enough yeah right like (laughs) Oh my gosh, do you skate? Like, I saw your Moxie sticker. I do skate. Oh my gosh. We should skate. Yes, I saw. I love following your skate page. Um, Yeah, she has a skate page too, everybody. I do. It's um, <laughs> Skates with Hales? Skates W Hales. I don't know. It's in my plan page. You're doing bio. so well, though. Like, I just kind of, like, cruise. Like, I don't really know how to do anything, and I've been watching. I'm like, look at her, like, learning things. Yeah, I stopped skating when I stopped doing plant stuff, too. I, like, really need to get my life back, but it's fine. It's okay. Don't don't beat yourself up. Sometimes you really need to take those kinds of rests. Like there's a reason that you're like feeling the need to do that. Yeah, but I I think really it's just because I want to lay on the couch with my boyfriend and like I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> okay, that's yeah fair. yeah. I can't blame you though. If I had a boyfriend, I would like to lay on the couch. With him. <laughs> I'm like, Haley, don't do this. Don't lose yourself. Like, you still yeah. have to be a person. That's how I am. I'm really bad about, like, when I get into a relationship, I'm, like, all I'm about them. And I stop doing all my, yeah. like, hobbies and stuff. My yeah. most recent one wasn't so much that way. Like, it was, like, the first time I wasn't that way. And I was, like, proud. But, like, yeah, I'm I'm bad about that. Yeah, I mean, like, I still do all my things. And he's still, like, yeah, like, you should go skate if you want to skate. Like, yeah, let's go. Let me watch you do plant care. But it's, like. 
I just want to lay here. Yeah. Like, I just want to be held. Yes, literally. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. <laughs> well, I think that your plant page is hilarious, and I... I am always amazed at how much content you have been able to churn out. So, like, because I was like, damn, she really is doing it every day. I think if you take time in between, your OG followers will understand. Because your content is fucking hilarious. Like, so do you you just, like, think of stuff on the spot? Or do you have, like, a note app where you're like, oh, that was funny. I'm going to do that later. Um, so I like to not copy exact reels that I've seen so like I'll hear a sound and like it'll just like pop into my head like if there's like something that relates to it like Mm -hmm. and I'll just record it immediately or if I hear a sound that I'm like that's super funny like I'm gonna save it like honestly real sounds just were running through my brain all the time which was really scary I'm like I don't want this in here you literally start to feel like you're detaching yeah yeah and so like I would be in the middle of work just like not even realize like just doing my job but like not even comprehending what I was doing and like I'd be like oh my gosh this would go perfect with that sound and I would set an alarm for the time that it would take me to get off of work and to home so it would go off and remind me immediately when I got home to record and, like, it was just, like, because oh I didn't want to forget what it was, and I also didn't want to forget to do it. So I would just, like, boop. And then sometimes I would use Siri, and she, like, would not translate what I was saying. And I'm, like, I have no idea what this means. No. What did I think of? <laughs> That's so funny. Why didn't you just, like, write a note down? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> Is there anything you would like to share with my listeners? Uh, I don't know. Do what makes you happy. Don't do things that make you overwhelmed. Keep joy in your life. Love your people. Hell yeah. I love that. Um, Okay, so follow her at Houseplants, W, Hales. Yes. H-A-I-L-S. Yes. Skates with Hales. Yeah, I think there's an S in there. I don't know. Okay. But like I said, it's in the plant page. Yeah, you'll find it. And then that's it, right? Yeah. And then... If you're thinking of being sober, she's a bad bitch who's sober. <laughs> so let her inspire you. Zoe's also a bad bitch who's <laughs> sober. <laughs> sober with an asterisk. <laughs> we don't drink alcohol. Yeah, so. that's the main thing, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, everyone can struggle differently. Like, I, I mentioned earlier, I have approval addiction. Like, I just have a super addictive personality. Like, you can literally... I, I heard something the other day, and it was like, if you can't go 90 days without doing it, like you might be addicted to it. And it's like, even if you're going to the gym seven days a week, like you're supposed to have a rest day. Like you can struggle with anything. I like to say I struggle with all of the things because I do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. I definitely have like the generalized addiction personality and I'll like find myself doing things. Like I definitely have like an approval thing. Like I need people to like me Uh and like, um, I started smoking cigarettes consistently, like, when I got sober and, like, cut everything mm-hmm. out because I was, like, I needed something. And, yeah. like, now that's something that I'm working on not doing. And yeah. so, like, I it's all it's always something. And oh, spending absolutely. money. I love buying things for myself. <laughs> I like, spent I have, $100 at Target before I came here. Uh, and then, like, it's, like, you feel bad, but, like, not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, like, well, shit, I don't want to feel bad. So, yeah, it's definitely um, – every day is a battle, but <laughs> – absolutely one day at a time but yes i am i am happy to hear you out and uh do whatever i can oh yeah not i didn't mean to just like push people onto you and reach out to her if you have sober questions i just mean like i love it i love talking about my recovery (laughs) like i really do 
Not an idol, but okay. Well, you know, a, a good role model. Yes, is what we'll say. I, I like that. I prefer yeah. that. Yeah, and if you have questions for me about it, let me know. Um, well, I feel like I was gonna say one more thing. Oh yeah, no, I already said that. Okay, so you guys can follow me at Profskep Podcast. That's at P R O F S K E P Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can email me at Professional Skepticism Podcast at gmail.com. And please sign up to be a Patreon subscriber um, at patreon.com forward slash Profskep Podcast. There's four tiers the supportive scare, the suspicious, the supportive skeptic. I said scare. <laughs> supportive skeptic, suspicious skeptic, professional skeptic and sexy skeptic and supportive skeptic is just a donation tier but all the other tiers get access to my monthly amas my polls you get a patreon shout out so my august ama is up go on there and ask questions and then at the end of the month i'll answer them and then i'll start over in september um yeah i think that's it so thank you guys i love you stay sus Mwah. <laughs>